0: I like feet. Hillary Duff has great feet. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Direct a Podcast. This is our seventh episode, so you know what that means, Keenan. What? Absolutely nothing. My name's Kurt Schneider.
1: I'm Keenan Wetzel.
0: And as always, this podcast is sponsored by Eightfold Creative. On today's episode, we're going to be speaking with Emil Raphael. Emile's a very talented director that has seen success across a wide array of mediums, including music videos, commercials, and narrative work. And today, I'm just really hating the sound of my own voice, so let's go to the call. It's a pleasure to meet you, Emil. really want to just, you know, thank you again for being on the show.
2: Oh, thank you, guys. I'm really honored you asked me. Uh, You had some uh, great directors on, so I'm kind of... uh really happy to be kind of among them.
0: You've got some really awesome work and a wide, wide range of stuff too. How'd you get your start directing professionally?
2: Uh, right, so I mean, my whole story is quite, um, like, it's a bit of a winding road. It's not, it doesn't feel like it was like one day. I mean, I think there was a day where I was like, I really want to be in film. But basically, it starts from, I mean, I, I was like, I was born in Russia as a kid and i moved to prague um and that's where i kind of grew up, Czech republic and then at age 22 i moved to london to go to film school um and i actually went to film school wanting to be a cinematographer that was like my like you know i thought like this is exactly what i want to do but then in the film school i realized i just can't uh listen to directors (laughs) i thought (laughs) you know I, I just they're all like make bad decisions and I just can't handle <laughs> you know taking direction <laughs> um, and I think it's I think it's partly film school right it's like a film school environment where um, you know a lot of people go in there especially for directing, thinking they're already amazing and I feel like or maybe at least it was my experience you know I think for some people it works really well, but I think for for me, I thought, you know, for example, like there, I would have like these super long discussions about lights, you know, with with the with the, with the director, and I would be there just thinking like, look, we spent two hours thinking, talking about how this shaft of light will come into your room, but you haven't done your proper casting, or you haven't like your story, it kind of sucks, so. um why don't you worry about that, you know, just let me do my thing, and then, (laughs) so, and and I think that's when I was like, yeah, maybe I should be the director, you know, so, yeah, maybe, maybe a bit, like, uh, egocentric for me, or something, I don't know, maybe, but I don't know, Um, I think that's when I, that was, like, the turning for me, and um, so then, um, yeah, so then I have kind of decided to do that, and after film school um living in london you know and spending and spending most of my time having spent most of my time on film school i actually completely out of money so i know the fastest way I, i found to actually make cash straight away is to actually produce um uh just to be able to kind of like stay in london so for about a year a year and a half i i was just a producer uh more for music videos, and in that time, I met a lot of you know interesting directors and worked for different companies and and actually also started knowing like all the commissioners uh, for music videos, and so after that, um, there there was came a time where I kind of made the switch like. Kind of slowly, like, first where well, I got, like, uh, the first music video I did, like, as a director was uh, through this website called Radar Music Videos. I don't know if you guys know about it. No, I'm um, not familiar. Yeah, it's it's a really cool website, actually, where um, it's kind of like um, you were talking with Andrew earlier, and he was men- mentioning mole Film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is more film for music videos, basically. So like, you know, brands, they kind of, they post briefs and, um, or, or like the commissioners post briefs and like anybody can like, you know, pitch on it. I mean, the problem was obviously, like there's so many directors pitching on it, but that's how I got my first video and it was like, it was seriously like 500 pounds, but um, but uh, because i have been a producer, I was actually able to pull favors and, that's how I made my first one, and uh, it was the uh, the head shake video. And it's funny; it's actually still on a lot of my reels. And uh, yeah, mm. <laughs> it's been quite a while. So yeah, that turned out well. So when did when did uh,
1: you when did you transition to like kind of commercial production? Um, did you get signed by a production company? And kind of how did that happen?
2: Yeah, I got signed production company. Um, uh, yeah, so I got signed to a production company and then I was still, for a while, I was still doing music videos because they kind of, the company I was with before, they were much in a, of opinion that, like, you know, the best way to build up my reel was uh, music videos still, you know, mm-hmm. or at that point in my career. Uh, but that was a bit, it became a bit hard after a while because I was pitching so much, you know, and I remember just, like, sitting in the office and pitching, pitching, you know, and kind of like, like doing like four music video pitches a week or some of like that. And you know, like the music videos, the hard thing is like, you know, it's always like you really want to, you really want the idea to be original, and you want it to be, uh, and you, you kind of, it's obviously has to be your own as well, you know, and it, it really has to come from you. And and to have like like four interesting good ideas. A week was really exhausting, and I was just kind of like, I, I, caught, I got a little burnt out on that, I think. Um, and then what happened was, I did this video for uh, X ambassadors and Jamie and Commons, right? Um, mm-hmm. And there we had a lot of product placement. We had we had Beats headphones, and then also we had uh, like vaping thing, like the, like a cigarette, which I thought was like the coolest thing ever. Um, <laughs> for like a cool band to be like, you know, vaping. Um, but anyway, but, and the thing is like after that, after that video is done, like I did this direct just, uh, cut for it where I cut out all that stuff, right? Cause I just hated that whole of place in a music video. But then when I started, when I actually signed with a different company, the EP there, uh, with my American company, and it's called Savage, uh, by around this amazing woman called uh, Pavlo, she just was so clever at saying, why don't you, um, because yeah, like because I, obviously I had this problem, uh, which I'm sure you guys are very well aware of, is like, you can't really get a commercial without having a commercial, right? You can just mm-hmm. be stuck in this. Forever, and it's the most scary thing for a director because you're like, When is it that anyone will take a chance on me without any having any kind of real commercial? Um, And so she had this clever idea. She said, Why don't you cut out? Why don't you actually take all the beat stuff and cut that into a commercial, like into a spec, you know? And because you have the music that's already you can use, like, why don't you do that? And that's what I did, and I think that's what really kind of got the ball rolling, you know because I think like obviously you know agencies when they see this stuff, like they need to see like a product there, you know you need to see they need to see that you're actually selling something, it's not like just a visual that you can make a, you know great visual stuff,
0: yeah, well, yeah, I've heard from a lot of a lot of directors, it seems like you know spec works have really gotten them to where they are, at least got there got their first break do you do you now that you are you know an accomplished director do you still do spec work at all like if you're trying to try out a new concept or anything or are you busy enough that you you don't even have
2: time for stuff like that well first of all thank you so much for uh calling me an established director because i really (laughs) feel far from it (laughs) um i feel like i don't know like you get really busy and then you think okay yeah i'm doing all right and then you like Uh, get a bit of a lull, you know, Uh, and then you're like, ah, okay, (laughs) when is the next job coming? Um, That's the life of the director. Yeah, I mean, I think I would still do it, to be honest with you, like, in terms of that, um, if I, for example, make a music video that Mm -hmm. has... um, you know, some kind of element like a car or something like that, you know, or, or uh, sports. Um, wh- why not like, you know, do a little cut down for the agency to see because, you know, most of the time when uh, your work is presented to an agency by your rep, they're like sitting in a room, right, they have like very little attention span because they seen like other directors that day. They're not gonna watch your whole three minute video. Um, as much as they... I mean, obviously, it depends on the creative. Uh, There are some creatives that absolutely love music videos and they just, like, sit all day watching them, you know, but most of them are so busy that, you know, like, uh, I think there's nothing wrong with, like, doing a cut-down and even, you know, saying, like, look, this is a cool... This is one way to, you know, sell a car. Mm -hmm. Um, Do that. Yeah, so... um, I think, yeah, I would still definitely be up for it, I hope I don't have to, yeah, I don't know, like, yeah, I hope I get, you know, more established, as you say, <laughs> sometime soon, so, uh, I, I don't have to do that, but, yeah.
1: So, so one thing we, we kind of like to talk to directors about is how the relationship is with, like, agencies, like, how, you know, how, how do you find the balance of working with like a creative director who has a very specific or or not very specific idea? Do you have a a way of approaching it even on set? Are you talking to the creatives a lot, or is it just kind of dependent?
2: I do. I mean, um, for me, you know, the way I look at commercials is that you kind of you're really trying to do something with a team of people. You know, like and. A creative director is somebody who who potentially been on a project for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they take like four months to arrive at an idea with a client. Um, so by the time I come into the story or into the pitch, um, you know, I'm there to kind of sort of bring my expertise and like make it happen. But also at the same time, I kind of see. I, I try to do my best to understand where they're coming from, you know. Um, so even though, like, obviously I would have an opinion and, you know, a strong opinion, I, I still really, tr- I, I still kind of look, look to them and kind of um, see their their point of view, you know, and because they know the client, they know everything um, in a way, um, broadly speaking, about the campaign than I do you know I'm their like their visual kind of um facilitator right. um so yeah I mean the thing is like you know I feel there's some directors that I feel maybe see them as more of like an enemy
0: yeah just whereas, getting in the
2: way yeah you know and they kind of they they so want to do just their thing and and to me you know I feel like it's all part of it you know it's all part of kind of you know, doing doing the best for for them and and for you and for everybody, really. Right. And just right. doing the best campaign with what you have. Um, so yeah, I, I talk to them. You know, the best case scenario is that like if you, you really get along, obviously, and you just like you hang out and like you both have ideas and you just like bounce them off each other. You have references. You like the films that that, that you both you know enjoy, and then you kind of look at our videos together Uh, um so yeah uh it's very much collaboration for me
0: right so in in the in the bidding process do you have you found any you know strategies or, or certain ways to go about your treatments or any things that you've found that have been you know worked in your favor in the
2: past uh yeah well i think I think it's slightly changing for me uh, because I, when the beginning, when I when I just started pitching, I, I, I always knew I'm kind of the young director. I'm kind of the wild card, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, usually in most of the bids, you kind of, especially if it's like a standard triple bid, then you um, know who the other two directors are, you know, and most of the time I'll, I'll be like, Oh man, this guy really, like, I love his work. I might as well just give up now.
0: <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Uh,
2: um, but for me, it was like, um, I knew I was a wild card. So for me, it was like, I tried really hard to bring something else to it. You know, like, I tried to take their creative and be like, what other idea within their campaign I can, like, infuse it, you know, uh, with that, like, my treatment kind of stands out. Um, and I think I still do that for like a large degree, you know. Um, and when I'm on the call with them, I kind of t- really try to figure out exactly how they arrive there, exactly what they want from it, and wh- how I can help them, you know. How how can I make it better? Um, you know how how can I take it an up uh, and much um, right. above, you know. So yeah. So how
0: did you kind of come into collaboration with nowness?
2: Right. So nowness happened, um, just through like, um, company that I used to be signed with. I think they just got in touch, uh, looking for a director for like a project. Like the first one I did with them was with this, um, Danish chef called uh, Renner Redzeppi. um, who at that time, I had like the fur the best restaurant in the world, you know. Um, and he was just coming down to London for like, like a book tour or some of like that. And they just wanted to find some kind of creative way to showcase him, you know. Even though, and then, and it was, I mean, it was interesting, brief, because like they didn't really want him to be like cooking or anything like that. They didn't want him to. Um, it's kind of, we, we wanted to more um, explore his story and kind of relate uh, cooking to other art forms like music, you know, because that's what his book was a lot about. And But we only had like three hours with him. So I found a way to just take him to this like, uh, area called Barbican in uh, London. And we just like walked around and talked and that came out really well. And yeah, and I think that's how my... Thing when Nana started really um, and then obviously the In Residence series is like one of the kind of most um, watched you know and, um, um, and, and it was actually done by a different director but I think he kind of stepped down a little bit and then that's when they kind of uh, approached me and asked me to kind of um, do most of it I guess and so yeah, that's how we've been kind of doing stuff. But we did other stuff, you know. We did other series. We did one with like Alan Moore, which was really cool. And yeah, now I actually did another film for their series called Define Beauty. Yeah, it's a really good relationship. Like uh, I really, uh, really appreciate um, doing work for them. It's like a great, great platform. So yeah,
0: is is the is the process with those like you know. Do they have parameters or is it really they give you you know
2: complete control and freedom Yeah, they, I mean there are parameters. Like nounness um I guess what makes nounness really good is um just the how editorial everything is and you know it's kind of it does have this kind of nounness style to everything and and feel to the films I think. You know like when you go on their website you kind of there's a certain something in each film that's to that um, sensibility, and so yeah. For example, in *Residence*, you know, there was actually um, a document where which we kind of worked on, and which they shared, where like there was a certain um, um, you know rules in place, you know. And I think that's really good, actually. I think, and it's really interesting as well. Um, because that way the series is very very consistent, you know, and I think that's how like they kind of themselves build an audience, you know, and so yeah, um, and and like the for example the rules for in residence are like you know the camera is is very controlled, it's very composed, you know, um, there's no rack focus, um, you know the it's using natural light mm-hmm. um, and things like that, you know. And actually, I really like, I really like that. I like kind of working in constraints sometimes, you know, especially for that. It's kind of an interesting way of of doing stuff because you kind of find ways, creative ways to within that, how to make something uh, like, you know, cool, I guess, or hopefully.
0: Are they similar at all to a typical agency or is there, you know, a big difference in the way that you deal
2: with them? So with Namus, um it's only like it's mostly in the beginning that we have a chat through it, and we kind of really try to get on the same page, and then they basically hand over the money. Um, it's always quite a small budget, but obviously very much worth it. I feel like it's always has a, um, a you have a lot of value to it, yeah. and they don't come on set. You know, they just like let you do whatever you want when filming and then it's only in the end like in the editing process that they do have quite like really specific comments and then we really like talk to them and it's because they I mean they're set up like a magazine right they they have editorial system where there's like an editor that looks at your work and there's senior editor and then there's like the creative director you know Um, they have to just keep their work consistent and I really kind of respect that you know so Uh, Yeah, so in that sense, it's different, I think. I think it's also different just because you do these projects really for um, the artistic value, I guess. And also, yeah, because I mean, I really, really love doing them just because, you know, I meet really interesting people that are like at the top of their game in their art and uh, in their art form or in their creative field. So for me, just to meet people and they, and just talk to them about how they approach their work, it's like amazing for me. You know, it's like it's like going to a a, a museum, but also like talking to the you know the the creator of the work. So, um, yeah, so it's it, it's very quite different in that sense. You know, it's it's very uh, uh, just enriching <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> these projects. So yeah, I love doing them, but also at the same time there's so many commercial stuff that I, commercial work that I got off these films, you know, on the reel where like the agencies really respond to them and they're like, wow, that's really cool. You know, or like, you know, we kind of we like the training and stuff like that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. The next question I was going to uh, ask you actually is kind of on the same lines is, is the, the Sonos uh, commercial you did. It, it seems like it's in a modern house setting. Like it seems like it has somewhat reflections to the in-residence spots you, you, you've, you've done as far as like, stylistically to a certain extent um do you think do you think that was a project that you landed because of the
2: in-resonance spots i'm not sure to be honest like um it's hard to, it, it could have been um part of it i think a lot of it was like with my beats thing actually mm-hmm. because i guess it's like related to music and also more of my kind of but I guess, yeah, as well, yes, because they wanted it to feel like sort of docu and they wanted it to be quite like, yeah, like just be like premium, you know, like premium is a big uh, word they use <laughs> these days in a commercial stuff and like, um, so probably yes. Um, I, it's hard to know as well because, you know, a lot of times like the it's actually the reps so my production companies that send out the reels and kind of specifically tailor them to the project, or oh, to what kind of thing the agency producers are looking for, and sometimes I don't actually see the reels that they send, so they wouldn't necessarily like send just all my work, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure like it had some. Mm. Hopefully, you,
1: you also you seem to be like a, a especially with the in residence and some other projects. You, know, you seem to be a very like visual director. Um, and your work kind of reminds me of like a, like kind of a French new wave kind of with the color and the style and kind of the composition and the images, um, as well as the pacing. Do you, what are some of your like major influencers to, to your work? Is there a couple you think of off the top of your head? Um,
2: I'm trying to think, I mean, thank you again. Um, obviously French new wave is, um uh, Absolutely love it. I, I remember just being in film school and um, just consuming as much of it as, as I could find, you know, just because it was so interesting. And you kind of always think about just like how at, at that time, especially that kind of like you know, uh, that kind of framing and the way they edit and jump cuts, like mm-hmm. that was just so creative and cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think. My biggest thing is like my my biggest um, director like the absolute master I think is Tarkovsky right I just mm-hmm. kind of I can watch his films over and over and uh, and I'm not sure like if it's like a super direct influence but it's it's more like of a, an incredible inspiration just to know mm-hmm. that somebody is able to do that you know so long ago <laughs> in a way and like in communist Russia, you know, um, I, I'm just always blown away by it. And, uh, yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, talking about the earlier thing you said, um, yeah, I do think a lot just, you know, obviously having said that I did want to be a cinematographer at one point, like I am pretty, um, I do think about a lot about the visual, you know, point, you know, obviously I do think that, uh, story and, you know, uh, the casting and, like, the actors are really, really important, you know, but I do also think, you know, so, you know sometimes it, sometimes if something looks amazing as well, that's a, it's a really big plus. Sometimes you're mesmerized by just how uh, great something looks, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was watching in Her and Vice the other day. And that film, I have no idea what's going on in it. I don't know if you guys do. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: if you've ever read a Thomas Pincham book, the guy who wrote it, it's
2: insane. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. You're like you're just so lost. But especially like it's the same thing with his book, like the writing is just so amazing that like, yeah. you're kind of just absorbed by the way it's written but in the same way. Like I think Paul Thomas has was able to like translate that as that like it's just so visually amazing that you like mm-hmm. You don't even care what's going on in some level. You're just, like, kind of drawn into the picture so yeah. much, you know? <laughs> so in the same way, I think, like, sometimes visually, if something looks great, then it's it's a huge plus, you know? Right. Of course. Um, I think I'm stating the obvious, but, you know, I, I do think about it, I guess, a lot, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, since you do consider yourself a visual director and, you know, especially that you once considered being a DP, do you think that, you know, how does that affect your relationship with the DPs that you work with? Are you much more, you know, a lot of, a lot of directors that we've talked with have just been, you know, really hands off and they're just very story focused and they kind of let the, let the DP kind of handle the framing and different things like that. Are you, are you much more hands on with your DP then?
2: I am actually, but in a way, um, I think there's a lot of respect there. Like I really hope um, that DPs kind of don't think I'm like overstepping any boundaries or any of that, but I am like, I do talk to them a lot. We kind of talk about lenses, uh, we test things out, you know, um, I mean, obviously I do really respect their work as well and I do understand where they're coming from. So in a way I'm also kind of giving them a lot of room, you know? and also, actually, I think the interesting, um, you know, interesting thing that like I actually like DPs as well that don't mind overstepping boundaries of directing as well. Like you know, like I actually like DPs that do tell me about like you know they even have an opinion about casting or they have an opinion like what happens in the in the frame or like um, or they even like comment on acting and stuff like that, you know, so, so, and I actually really like that because, you know, the DP is basically, you know, because you have your like executive producer, right, you have your producer, Mm -hmm. and they would have an opinion about creative, but then on set, like the closest person to you that's like looking through the camera and looking at the whole thing is the DP. He's your like kind of, um, he's kind of like, your first port of call of, of knowing whether something looks good or not right. so i really yeah. encourage them to tell me things i really i actually really don't want a dp that just thinks about lighting or just thinks about everything else because the thing is that i like dps that do think about story and how to tell it and like they would rather like a bounce board you know and get a great performance than like spending three hours like lighting something you know? yeah no that's and that's really important um, and yeah, so in in that sense, I think it's, a, it's a, a, you know, very collaborative. Um, and, and also actually like recently, um, I did this McDonald's ad and, um, in there we were basically supposed to like show different, uh, time periods. So we actually like shot VHS and then we shot like 60 mil and then we shot like Alexa and, and the thing is, like, once we shot the 16 mil part, we still kept the camera on set. And I, like, I just, like, picked it up from time to time when I saw moment Because it was all about, like, um, it's all about, like, McDonald's sponsoring uh, kids' um, community football. And so it was all about, like, capturing little moments with kids, you know. And it's obviously, you know, uh, really hard to drive kids. And so mm. when I would, I would see the moment, I would just, like, I would just whisper to my um ac and like quickly measure the stop and then i would pick up the 60 mil and like shoot those moments you know and i absolutely loved it i was just like i was so in my element and i just felt like kind of in control yeah Mm -hmm. so and 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 i felt like oh it's just like a b-roll stuff that probably like you know we might grab one or two moments but then actually a lot of the commercial was like the balance was a lot of that stuff ended up there and after that i was like Wow, this is a cool way of working. And like and the DP really didn't he really didn't mind. He actually appreciated that kind of another extra angle. And so I recently did a, another music video where we did the exact same thing where the you know the, the cinematographer would be kind of Mossio and Alexa and and I would just capture moments with like the mm camera. Because once the camera is rolling, and especially like if the takes are like quite long, which I like to do um, uh, I, it's, it, you can, you can do that instead of like staring at the monitor, you know, and also, um, yeah, I just feel like really connected to it, I guess. And, uh, yeah. And I, and I, it seems my framing is not that bad because it, it does end up in the cut sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, do yeah. you have, do you have a go-to DP that you like to work with? Because I know, that especially in in the advertising world, these these commercials come around so out of nowhere that a lot of times the DP that you want to work with is booked on another project. How do you how do you navigate that?
2: Yeah, um, yes, yeah, similar kind of thing. Just because of the turnarounds are so fast that um, a lot of times they you know they either are not around or some of like that, but also. I do, you know, I do think about, like, oh, whether somebody's um, totally right for what we're trying to do, you know. Um, I mean, the same way somebody chooses a director, it's um, kind of similar, like, what are they, what are their kind of strengths and what kind of stuff they like, doing. Um, yeah, and, so, and the thing is, like, also, sometimes, you know, you travel. So, if you have, like, a job in L.A. or something, mm-hmm. you... You know, sometimes there's no. It doesn't make sense to bring a DP with you because also there's so much talent there. Um, so yeah, I mean, you kind of learn really quickly to kind of work with new people, and you kind of like yeah, try to get a sense of them um, quickly. But yeah, it works out pretty well. I think it's. I think I would love to have to have a DP that I completely like. Just do everything with, but I think. I think it's pretty hard to do, you know right. mm-hmm. they, would just, they would just have to wait for you whenever you get a job, you know, yeah, um and I think you have to be a pretty big director for that to happen you know um yeah you know as as far as your
1: work or or um it seem they seem to have a, a very specific kind of style or at least tone um do you is that because you're curating the videos you post on vimeo um how important do you think it is to you know kind of curate your style at least you know outwardly because you've already mentioned some projects that um I haven't seen haven't been posted um are there projects you're doing and not posting and stuff like that
2: no I mean uh, it's interesting you say um that I do have a style because I actually always question whether I do have a style I'm always like do I really have do do I really have one (laughs) Like, (laughs) like it feels quite random to me but I don't know whether that's um I don't know. Do you guys ever feel like that about your do you Absolutely. question? Yeah. Because um It's hard to tie
1: that yeah. in to every project. You know, how do you how do you tie in a specific style if the projects are so vastly different, you know? Um, and you don't want to have your style overtake the, the story by any means. So it, it it definitely question that.
2: Yeah. And so like and that and that's the thing I think like somebody from outside they, do, will, they will probably see like a certain uh, pattern there. But no, I, I kind of post everything. I mean, the projects that I just mentioned, they actually, they just, I'm just doing like some director's cuts on it mm-hmm. and then it's always quite uh, a bit of a challenge because you like have other projects going on mm-hmm. and um, you, and basically like the, the project is over so you have to like ask for a favor for um, like the editor to do a bit more and then like get The post house to like reapply the VFX and stuff like that, so yeah, it's quite frustrating actually. Like, um, when you do do a director's cut, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm hoping, um, next time I can actually release my director's cut, you know, mm-hmm. as the first thing as the actual commercial, you know, that would be great. Well, how- uh, but yeah, I kind of like I pretty much post everything to be honest. I'm kind of almost like I almost feel, um, Like, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know what you guys think. I just think, like, you you kind of, when you do stuff, you really should be proud of it. You know, you kind of, not not proud of it, but you shouldn't be ashamed of it either. You know what I mean? You kind of have to, um, it's interesting to also, like, put it out in the world and just get a reaction, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Some stuff that I've done where I actually didn't think it was that great, and um, I put it out, and then... And then it got a good reaction. I was like, okay, well, what do you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to read for sure. Um, what, you know, how, since you do, you direct in all the, all these different mediums, music videos, commercials, narrative, how, how do you, do you approach them differently? And if so, how do you approach them differently?
2: Um, well, so with music videos, right, so, um, obviously it's kind of your idea, so that's kind of a battle to put that idea across, you know, you just, really have to push everybody to make that idea, and I get, like, the challenges with that is also, like, you know, I bet, like, 90% of directors, like, make the idea for the music video that's, like, over budget, right?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, you write it. The producer is like, okay, <laughs> this is like, you know, 50,000 pounds over budget. <laughs> <laughs> so can you please scale it out? And so, like, I guess in that terms, that I, I immediately, like, sets up your way that it's kind of your thing and you really have to get everybody on board. Um, yeah. So, for example, you know, the one I did for Emily and Nicholas with uh, Whales in the Sky, um, the... The, when I wrote the idea, obviously the producer said it's over budget, and I said, well, why don't we submit and just submit the budget what it is, you know, if the idea is good enough, hopefully we'll get more money. And and then we did, you know, but still in the middle of, like, Scotland with, like, in drenching rain, and you still have to, like, make everybody feel like, you know, see these whales, you know, and stuff like that. So I feel like, yeah, you're kind of like pushing this whole, obviously you're like, you're the director, but you're also like this creative um, force behind it. Um, and then with commercials, you know, it is very much that you take the idea and you kind of reinterpret it. And obviously you still can very easily, um, you know, go, go like, go a bit over budget but at the same time you are kind of taking their essence so it's, it, again it, it is like very much uh, you're working with them to make it happen um, but it's, at the same time though having said all that you know with music video you, you also deal with like with the band you deal with the commissioners you deal with like the head of marketing um, and there's still a lot of things to consider there you know sometimes they say oh you know we really like we really need to show the face of the artist, so we really need to um, kind of. We really need to see their face, so they really need to be performing. And you're like, oh, really? Do we need to have? Really, do we really need to have a performance? You know, in the middle of this nice narrative. So you still, like figure things out, and you still try to adjust to all of that. So, right. I don't think they're like. I don't feel them that different personally. You know, I always feel like, yeah. I think one thing like I always thought like. Oh, you know, you get into commercials and suddenly you you have like tons of money. But you never have enough you have never have enough money for some reason, you yeah. know. <laughs> you always like you're always like running out of budgets. Like where's all the money coming from? Like, you know, you did a video for like ten K and now you're doing like a commercial for like three hundred K it's like suddenly I mean obviously people get properly paid on mm-hmm. commercials but you Oh, well, this is not easier, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah.
0: So do you have, do you have a favorite, uh, between, you know, music videos or commercials or, you know, narrative?
2: Um, no, to be honest, like, um, obviously I think they're all very different beasts. Like I really like music videos just cause you know, you can really like get your ideas and experiment with stuff. Um, and like, you know, and if it's good, it's like, it's really your own. Right. feel like that ownership. But to be honest, like I really like doing commercials. Like I really, I kind of almost um, like I like trying to figure things out. I like to think about like you know um, the way advertising works. Like I really kind of I don't know, I, I, like to be honest. Like I think I I I love it to a point where like I just really kind of like also just the history of advertising and just kind of like thinking where it's going. You know and stuff like that and I think it's quite exciting time to actually be in commercials like for me yeah it is a it's a cool job to be honest you know so yeah yeah
0: Mm -hmm. I agree um do you have any you have any projects coming up that you can speak on that you're excited about or
2: well so I'm doing I'm like at the moment I'm in New York just doing like a a wallpaper like wallpaper magazine they also do like um, oh yeah like there's the stuff like that where they profile designers so um, I'm doing one for uh, like this um, design studio called VIP um, so yeah it's kind of a lot to do with uh, design architecture as well um, and then and then also I'm actually doing like a small documentary about like um, ice skating actually <laughs> so yeah like uh and also really trying hard to get my short film off the ground like i've been well by, by saying that i'm really trying hard to finish the script for it because i i've spent way too long writing it
0: do you got a do you got a log line for it
2: um no maybe that's why i need to rewrite it <laughs> It's it's about a boy that kind of uh, like uh, a boy that runs away from the house because he like uh, catches his dad cheating, and then by running away he notices this glass house like well like you know a modernist house that has like a a glass window and he sees this like, this woman um, kind of getting out of the shower and changing and that's like really intrigues him and he basically like keeps spying on her but then. But then things get like revealed more and more, so yeah. But so shorts are so hard. I think. <laughs> I'm interested. I would watch <laughs> it.
0: I'd watch it. Okay, cool. That's good. <laughs> that that's your logline <laughs> so right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just wrote your logline.
1: So yeah, um, yeah, kind of wrapping it up. Um, we kind of always ask every director uh, if they have any advice they would give to um, themselves when they were, were starting out directing. Do you have any advice you you'd like to tell a young you?
2: I think I would say just, I don't know, like, for example, um, one thing I would say is, like, try to get, like, so for example, you know, I think a really hard thing to do um, starting as a director because there's no transitional job, right? There's nothing like, you you know, it's not like you start um, as a second AC and then you work your way to the first. You know, there's no hierarchy or, like, with producing, you know, some people start as like, you know, PAs or like runners, PAs and then producers, right? There's nothing for directing. And I think it's important to get a job that um, you, you cannot uh, sustain and, and do directing at the same time. And actually, I wish I, I, I worked as a researcher. I think a researcher is a really good way into it because you research images for treatments and stuff like that. And... And that's where you're gonna end up doing a lot. You know, you're know. you gonna end up doing a lot of treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really have to be really good at them. you know. As my friend um, Ian Ponce Jewell says that uh, he feels he's like a full-time treatment writer, part-time director, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, because he's doing really well. But <laughs> but I think in the beginning, that's where you are. So right. yeah, uh, try to get a good job. And I think like, um, actually do a lot of just, you know, be open to things and, like, do, like, sometimes projects don't sound so good and you think, like, oh, maybe it'd be a waste of time, but the experience is is really valuable, you know, with meeting people and kind of working with crew and um, I think experience does bring a lot because you kind of, the more you shoot, the more um, you find a way to, um, make things happen, you know. You the way you understand more how to achieve something that's in your head, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard, because like, you know, when you direct, there's so much standing in front of you. Like, it's not just like when you when you like. I think I was I was like um, uh, listening to Werner Herzog speak, and he said he thinks his books are his most true representation of himself because there's nothing standing in him and the paper right it's just a pen and the paper whereas with directing there's like 20 layers of things to get through to get your vision across i think by just filming and doing stuff you really learn how to do that you know Absolutely So yeah
0: Well awesome what where can yeah. uh, where
2: can people find your work Emil Um my website is helloemil.com um yeah just there i guess Okay. Um, yeah, feel free to get in touch. I, I checked out your 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 guys' work as well, and it's really good. I think soon uh, somebody should uh, will be taking interviews from you.
0: <laughs> that, that's the goal. But but for now, yeah. we're uh, we're we just feel very fortunate to be talking to directors like yourself. So thanks again for
1: coming on. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, best of luck, man. Oh, thank you so much, guys.
1: So there you have it. I want to thank Emil for coming on the show. He's uh, definitely a creative guy to you know keep an eye on moving forward. Until next time, I'm Kena Wetzel
0: and I'm Kurt Schneider. We'll see you guys on the next show with probably a new director and potentially some new questions. You never know, we might throw a curveball at you and just talk about our own stuff. And it'll be um, probably something you won't want to hear. Boring. You know, we'll keep you on your toes. Until then.